Live from Schenectady, New York, it's SAS Talk with the Metrics Brothers, Growth, and CAC. And I'm Growth, better known as Ray Reich, the founder and CEO of Benchmarket. And I'm CAC, better known as Dave Kellogg, independent consultant, EIR at Balderson Capital, and author of Kellogg. Together, we are the Metrics Brothers. And an odd couple at that, uh, I want to be Oscar. Wait a minute, last week you wanted to be Felix. Okay, well, I think I'm Oscar this week, but we're we're mixing up. I want to be Click or Clack or I don't know who. Last week, we discussed the iconic 2023 growth benchmarks report. What's on tap for today, right? Well... I recently read Hacking SaaS by Eric Mersch at FLG Partners, and I thought it would be helpful to discuss some of the definitions that were in his book that I might have some different perspective or I didn't fully understand. So today I thought we could talk about bookings, contract value, and billings. So before we do that, Ray, two two things. One, When I first saw that book, I was like, oh, thank God, someone wrote the book I wanted to write so I don't have to write it. That was my initial reaction. And I actually was the one, I think, who pushed you to read it. People should know it's there. They should read it. And it did prompt us to talk about bookings, TCV, and ACV. So so we'll get a good episode from it. Okay. But before we do that, let's hear a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Maxio. SaaS Talk is presented by Gainsight, the first digital customer platform, including customer success management, product experience, customer communities, and customer education. Find out why more than 1,500 companies, including SaaS leaders like Zoom, Atlassian, and Okta, and hundreds of early-stage startups rely on Gainsight to efficiently retain and expand existing clients through an integrated, digital-first, post-sales customer journey. Gainsight has affordable packages for younger companies and goes live in two to four weeks or less. Visit www.gainsight.com. Now back to the show. Okay, Dave, let's start with some of the terms that I thought we could cover today. And the first is bookings. So how do you both define and use bookings in your world? So look, I think bookings is a very useful SaaS metric. I think it's a metric that doesn't get discussed very much. And I think it's a metric that is kind of ill-defined. And what I've found bookings useful for is as a proxy for cash. So therefore, if you're trying to use bookings, as an approximation, like this quarter's bookings equals next quarter's cash inflow, grosso modo, if that's how you're trying to use it, which is the way that I like to use it, then it's very simple. Bookings are things that turn into cash and, and turn into cash quickly. And we can define quickly in a minute, but, but that's how I define bookings. So for example, for a new subscription booking, a new software purchase, most companies will have a bookings policy that says, you know, it needs to be payable within 60 or 90 days. So I would say that a subscription booking is basically a valid order that turns into cash within 90 days and ideally 30 to 60. So, so 90 would be the upper cap, not, not what I'm shooting for. Um, on services, it would be an order for services, a valid order for services that turns into cash within either six months or a year, depending on how long your deployments take. But, but, and, and therefore, when we do that approximation exercise, it just say we're 80, 20 subscription services, we can then, you know, if we have $10 million in bookings in a quarter, we know that we're going to get eight in cash in the following quarter because that's got a 90-day cap. And that remaining two is going to kind of get striped in, right, across three or four quarters. So, so that's how I use bookings and that's how I define bookings. So I don't have a religious perspective on this because I prefer total contract value and annual contract value that we're going to use next. But here's an example that I struggled with with your bookings definition, Dave. So 
I close a $100,000 annual subscription agreement. Very easy, right? That's a booking. But the customer pays once per quarter. So $25,000 in quarter one, $25,000 quarter two. Is that still 100000 of bookings with the way you used it, Dave? Yeah, so you inverted it on me. No, it w- well, no, it wouldn't be because I'm basically saying next quarter. So, so it would be twenty five thousand dollars in bookings when you're using bookings to approximate cash. Now, you knew I grew up in the other world, so that was kind of an unfair question because it works really well in the multi year world. I can give you lots of examples there. But, but look, the word I'm going to quibble with you on Ray is you said prefer, and to me, this is not a prefer thing. I don't. It's like saying I prefer my kidneys to my lungs. Like they're just different. Uh, I need them both. ARR tells me the annual value of a contract. It's great. TCV tells me the total value of the contract, usually N times ARR plus services, if you include services in TCV, right? But this just measures something else. This measures what turns into cash. And look, in my world, let me just finish the definition of bookings. Total bookings is the sum of two numbers, subscriptions bookings plus services bookings. And then subscription bookings takes two forms, renewal bookings, which people forget to talk about enough, and new subscription bookings. So basically, total bookings, if I break it down, equals new subscription bookings plus renewal bookings, which subtotal to subscription bookings, plus services bookings. And you can use it, as defined by me, as a great way to approximate cash inflow. Now, you've given me a corner case. It breaks my cash thing. So I don't know if I'd say in your specific example, I'd count it as 100 anyway, or I'd say, I don't know. It's It's a good case, right? Yeah, and it's one of those things. It was really unfair because we do prep for these discussions, and I didn't even think about that during our prep. So sorry that I threw it out there, but I am not a you're sandbagging me. I know (laughs) I'm not a bookings guy, so I really am taking your lead on this as my elder brother. Yeah, and I've done a lot of work with bookings. The way I use bookings works. Look, I have trouble not calling yours a hundred k booking. Here's the only way I could weasel out of it: if the contract was terminatable every quarter. Then I'd say, ah, it actually is a 25K booking, so I don't know if I'm going to get the other ones. But if it's an annual contract, yeah, I, I may have to change my, my definition. But but let's not get wrapped around the axle there. If you're in the multi-year enterprise world like I am, my definition works. If you're not, I think we may have to adjust it. And for what it's worth, I do like bookings because, look, cash is oxygen for a startup. And you can have all this great ARR, but if it's not, you know, you can't eat ARR. You can eat cash. You can eat bookings. Um, so uh, it's important to me to have something that's tracking cash. And, and I love using bookings as a, as a proxy for it because you can just it. kind of look at a business plan and eyeball it. I, I'm with you. Um, I'm really taking your lead on this. But let's move to contract value. So yep. I have two different types of contract values that I've defined and used. TCV, which is total contract value. And the way I calculate this, Dave, is it has three components. It has your subscription revenue, and whether that's one year or three years, it's the CAR times the number of years in agreement. It's the professional services that are non-recurring. And I also add in services that are recurring, like a designated CSM at 50K a year. So those are three things I put into total contract value with the important caveat, multi-year, it gets multiplied by the number of years and that's how in there. How does that align with how you define it? So um, I try to avoid the terms ACV and TCV, Uh, ACV in particular. When I was at Salesforce, ACV meant year one subscription plus year one services. So if you signed up for 100K a year and you had 25K in services, it'd be 125 ACV. 
And I think we did that. I don't actually know why, but I think we did it because it's a good approximation for cash. I think it was also how the salespeople were compensated. And one of my funny tests here, Ray, a quick aside, is walk into a SaaS company and say, how big is, what's the biggest deal this quarter? They go, Acme. You say, how big is it? They go, 150. And then you ask, what unit were you answering in? <laughs> and that question, oh, you're answering in TCV? Are you answering in ACV? Are you answering in ARR? Are you answering in bookings? What were you actually answering in? So what's kind of the implied unit on your primary SaaS metric? If I just say, what's the forecast this quarter? Or what's how big is the Acme deal? Because some companies, at Salesforce, that answer was an ACV. At Host Analytics, that answer would be an ARR. And ARR does not include, in my world, services. ARR is subscription only. So I can't say I use TCV a lot. Because I think RPO is also a better way, or not better, but RPO is the way I currently look at that concept. We'll come back to that in a minute. But if I were to define TCV, and if I were to use it a lot, personally, I'd probably do it on subscription only. And to me, your Platinum support or your TAM, whatever it was, that would be subscription. I mean, so it wouldn't be services. To me, it's very simple. There's subscription bookings plus services bookings. And whether the services recur or not, they're services bookings. And therefore, I would include them if we're talking about bookings or if I'm looking at total value of a contract, uh, I would include them. So Because so, to me, you're just breaking out two subcategories, just like I had uh, subscription bookings having two subcategories, new and renewal. You're saying, hey, services come in two flavors, subscription and non-recurring. I don't know what to call them, one time. Um, and, and the answer, the only tricky part about this is you kind of cross taxonomies because some people will say, wait a minute, that's services, but it's recurring. Therefore, it goes in ARR or, or, or ACV, uh, whatever you want to call it, because you wouldn't put it in ACR, actually, but you would put it in ACV. Yeah. So I use this all the time for benchmarking because yeah. I want to show benchmarks based upon ACV and based upon ARR and other segmentation attributes. So I have always used ACV as the value of the annual contract that's recurring in nature. So to me, if it was 90,000 recurring of subscription for the software and 10K of recurring for some type of services, but it's contractually recurring, then all 100K would go into my annual contract value, Dave. And that's the way I've always done it. Yeah. So what you're saying is, and I don't, I use different language, but I don't disagree because to me that 10K, I'm going to call it platinum support, that would show up as subscription revenue. If it flows into subscription revenue on the P&L, which I think it would, if I'm buying a platinum support package for 10K a year, that that is recurring revenue, i.e. subscription revenue is something I subscribe for, right? It's not called software revenue. It's called subscription revenue. You would put that 10K in there. So yes, it would be, I would call that 100K of ARR. It would be annual recurring revenue because it recurs. The, the question is for you, in your definition of ACV, do you include non-recurring services? I do not, never. Yeah, and I would agree with that. So I think I, look, I don't use ACV a lot as a term, but I think I agree with your definition. On TCV, I tend to default probably incorrectly to just, you know, if it's an end-year deal, N times ARR equals TCV. Um, if the, and to me, the ARR would already include the services, so I'm not going to fight with you about that one because it's in there already. The non-recurring services I'd leave out, and, and technically that kind of runs counter to the whole notion of total. So, But usually people don't prepay two, year two and year three services, so I'm only missing the year one services, to be honest. Right, but that's what I do because if, you know, if you've got 20% of your revenue is from services and the board asked me what was your total contract value, I'd say that was this much subscription, this much services. And those two added is total. So a little bit of difference there, but 
Do you mind if we double click on a nuance on annual contract value? Yeah. And I know I I want to stay away from revenue recognition policy as much as possible because I'm no accountant. But let's say you close a deal, which is three-year subscription. Year one is 50K ARR. Year two, it escalates to 60K ARR. And year three, it escalates to 70K ARR. I know you don't use ACV a lot, but what would be your ACV in that? Would it be all three divided by three or would it be different every year? So, so, so there's a couple questions in there, Ray, and let me ask, I'm going to answer the more basic one that you didn't ask first, which is in your, I'm going to re-ask your question, Dave, in your parlance, how would you talk about a deal that is 50K a year, it's a three-year contract, and it prepays year one only? That, so I want to restate the question. We'll come back to your more complicated example in a minute. Uh, I would call that 50K in ARR. I would call it 150K in TCV. If you had some year one services in there, okay, I might call 150K plus year one non-recurring services, but but um, I would call that TCV. I have ARR, TCV. I would call it 50K in what I call new subscription bookings because booking, uh, not, yeah, 50K because only 50K turns into cash quickly. So that would be 50K ARR, 50K NSB, 150K TCV. Um, that would be the Kalagian way of looking at that deal. Got you. Now you know what we do in SAS metric standards board discussions all the time. These are the type of discussions we have. And the examples really help, right? It, it, the concepts are, are the, look, it's important to have definitions, but to me, the examples kind of elucidate the definition. Now let's do the harder one, the 50, 60, 70. You ready for that one? I'm ready for that. All right. So in my world, the new subscription bookings is easy, 50, because that's how much, that's what's going to turn into cash quickly. TCV, I think, is easy too. 50 plus 60 is 110, plus 70 is 180. So, so it's 180 in TCV. We agree on that. It's 50 in new subscription bookings. Now the question is, what's ARR? What's the ARR on this deal? And I'm going to give you two answers. I know what I want it to be. <laughs> I want it to be 50 in year one. I want there to be 10K of upsell at the start of year two. And I want there to be 10K of upsell or expansion. I'll use them synonymously for right now um, in year three. So that's what I want it to be. And by the way, I encourage salespeople to structure deals like this. I might even give them a kicker, not only to get the three-year, but also to build the NDR or the NRR into the deal, right? Because this deal is a nice, healthy NRR built in. And that's my favorite kind of NRR is the kind I have to do nothing to earn. <laughs> so right. no, no better flavor of NRR. So now the question is, will the accountants come along and flatten this out? Uh, and say, wait a minute, 70 plus 60 is 130 plus 50 is 180 divided by three is 60. This is actually a 60K a year deal. And you've done some financing structure on it, right? We're, we're effectively loaning the customer 10K in year one. Uh, and then the customer's kind of paying us back that 10K in year three. Um, so is this actually a kind of a software transaction plus a financial transaction or not? And that is the world of ASC 606 where you and I just spent half an hour in how many pages was that document, Ray? What, what did you learn from that document? That it was like 600 pages and I have ADD is what I learned. <laughs> yeah, you, you learned that you don't want to do, that we don't want to do ASC 606 on SAS talk. So last time I talked to a CFO who has to do ASC 606, they would say cash is king and they would go, it's 50 in year one, 60 in year two, 70 in year three. But that was a couple of years ago, the last time I had to deal with this issue myself. I don't know what people do today. I would just say in my world, it's 50K in year one, plus 10K of expansion, plus 10K of expansion across the three years. And, uh, you know, ask your CFO, ask your auditors, 
to be sure they don't go flatten it out. Because the only thing criminal here would be is if we paid an incentive to sales to structure deals like this and accounting came along and flattened them out. So we, we, we paid extra to get zero NDR. Yeah. And you're right. Ask your accountant, ask your CPA. Another example, some companies that are just the subscription is based upon usage and they're asking for so much usage. They may have an escalating, it's 20% more usage in year two and 20% more in year three. And then that really opens up the whole ASC 606 can of worms regarding contingent revenue, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. We're talking about the simple case, which is just annual fee-based SaaS where it escalates across years. And as soon as you bring usage pricing in, uh, it gets much more complicated. The document Ray and I read was only 345 pages, Ray, and it's called Revenue from Contracts with Customers Navigating the Guidance in ASC 606. So it's kind of a a user-friendly manual to ASC 606. It's 345 pages. Oh, it's only 345. I thought I saw one with almost 600. Maybe that was one of our other searches. But but yeah, look, we know what this deal wants to be, but you need this is a case where ARR, in my mind, turns into revenue. So we need to understand how ARR turns into revenue uh, so as to not kind of incent the wrong things. Okay. Now, we're at about 15 minutes, 16 minutes here into it. So don't leave us yet, listening audience. The next one is billings. So Dave, I know that you've used billings quite a bit and you also have that kind of MBA kind of approach to this. What is billings? So look, I view billings as a well-defined SaaS metric. It just happens to be a public company metric. So private SaaS people don't talk about it very much, much like RPO, by the way. RPO is a remaining performance obligation, is a public company SaaS metric that, like billings, does not get discussed much in a private context. Uh, And before we end the episode, Ray, we need to come back to RPO because it relates to TCV. Um, But let me answer your question first on billings. Billings is revenue plus change in deferred revenue, period. That's what it is. And so it's a simply defined metric. The reason people use it is is to approximate bookings, in my opinion, to to approximate new ARR bookings, because most SaaS companies don't release the ARR pool. And if you're trying to figure out how much the ARR pool went up, you basically look at how much they burned down in a quarter. So that's kind of how much, you know, in a given quarter, multiply that by four, you should get ARR, right? How much they delivered. And, And then you say, how much did they go bill? And, and provided they're only doing one-year deals, right? If you change your billing terms, like you, all of a sudden you start billing two years in advance, the deferred revenue is going to shoot way up. So everything needs to be kind of ceteris paribus. But if things are ceteris paribus, it's actually not a bad approximation because you're looking at what you burn down in a quarter and you're adding, just pretend all the deals come in at the end of the quarter, all the stuff where you burn down nothing. And, and it, well, either way, you throw it in deferred revenue. So you look at the change in that pile and it kind of approximates how much you sold in the quarter, Right. So that's what Billings is. It's a public company SaaS metric. Private companies don't use it because we can disclose directly the thing that people care about, which is new ARR. Now, I have, I was in one company and I got confused by this. So I had to go and do some research, but they interchanged how much did we invoice in this accounting period with Billings? So it's like, hey, our invoices went out for a million this quarter. So that was our billing. So to me, that was a misuse of the term billings. You agree with that, right? Well, or a couple of uses. There's actually two uses. I mean, some, I mean, basically, some accounting people will say that billings, it's funny. It, it's kind of SAS metrics billings versus billings. But billings, I mean, if you just say billings is the sum of the invoices, I'd say yes. 
but I'd also say that billings is revenue in a SaaS metrics context, billings is revenue plus change of deferred revenue. So I think it's really important to understand in your company is how you're defining billings. And when that word gets thrown around to at least know which of those two approaches they're taking, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. Um, I was answering in the SaaS metrics context, obviously. But yeah, I, I would even dare say the more standard definition of billings is the sum of the invoices. But but that's when we're talking about public SaaS companies and financial analysts write about billings, they're writing about revenue plus change in deferred revenue. So that's right. You know, whether we're writing a book or writing standards for the SaaS metrics standards board, it's these nuances that you really need to be able to cover and Make sure everyone is using it the same in your company. Very important. Okay. Two things I wanted to hit, Ari. I wanted to hit RPO. So RPO is a metric that's called remaining performance obligation. It is spiritually similar to TCV, which is you're trying to capture the total value of the kind of stuff we sold. And TCV does it by just saying, hey, how many years of subscription are in the contract and add services on top if you want to. And then you get TCV as total value of the contract. You add up all customers and you get TCV for period. RPO is trying to get the total kind of outstanding work yet to do. And it represents basically, I'm just going to give an example. We do a three-year deal, 100 units a year, one year prepaid. So it's 100 units of ARR, it's 100 units of new subscription bookings, it's 300 units of TCV. Just say there's no services, there's nothing to debate. The question is, on the first day we sign that deal, what do things look like? And the day we sign that deal, we're going to have an invoice out for 100 units, and we're going to have, on the balance sheet, 100 units of deferred revenue, right? Because we invoiced 100 units. We got paid, in effect, for 100 units because it's day zero of the contract, we haven't delivered anything. Well, where do those other 200 units go? So, so we could see the deal happen because we now have 100 units of deferred revenue in the balance sheet, but it's actually a 300K deal. We signed a three-year contract or maybe a 10-year contract. So it's a you know, million-dollar deal. And the answer is that's what RPO is. So, so RPO is basically, and I believe it's defined inclusively, it's deferred revenue plus the leftover stuff that's contractually committed. Because you could do, just to blow your mind, you could do RRPO, like, oh, just the remaining part that's not in deferred revenue. And there is some distinction to be made between short-term and long-term deferred revenue that I don't know about, see your local accountant. But I just know the spirit of this metric is to say, if this was a three-year deal, 100 is showing up in deferred revenue, 200 is effectively invisible. Where does it go? RPO. And that's that metric. And, and I think public companies talk much more about RPO these days than TCV. It's a hard metric to interpret because you're including different length contracts. Right. I may have 200 more to deliver on you because it was a three year deal. Say I did a six year deal with somebody else. I got 500. Right. So, so that's why ARR is better to look at because we know it's going to be recurring. But in point of fact, this is something valuable to measure and people do measure it. But in that definition, the way you did it, if 100K went into deferred revenue every month, as you recognize one twelfth of that deferred revenue will go down by that equal amount. Correct. But the RPO stays the same. Yeah, deferred revenue will burn down to zero across the year. This will all reset on day 366. But yeah, as an, an RPO will go down. Sorry, no, because we've delivered. Wait a minute. Uh, will RPO go down? Give me a second. Uh, RPO, remaining performance obligation. Oh, that's an interesting one, right? Well, it, it should go down because deferred revenue is going down. It's inclusive of deferred revenue. So yes, yes, it will go down. See, that's very important. Um, thank you for clarifying that. RPO is the deferred revenue plus the outlying. RPO. And so every month it'll go down by the amount of recognized revenue for that contract. Yeah. RPO is basically deferred revenue plus RRPO, right? The, the, the leftover stuff, but it is defined inclusively. So, so there's the un, kind of unnamed second part. Uh, it's deferred revenue plus the leftover stuff. 
that is contractually committed, that some of it equals RPO. So if deferred revenue is burning down, RPO is burning down, which actually makes sense because you have delivered every month, you're delivering $8,300 worth of work. Before we wrap up, Dave, anything else you want to make sure we covered? Well, I made a math mistake last week, Ray. I wanted to get that off my chest. I somehow de- I somehow decided that the inverse of 0.6 was 0.8 or conversely. <laughs> and you didn't catch me on that, Ray, so you owe me one. Uh, I was trying to do the CAC equivalent of the magic number. And I remember I did two things wrong. I said one net magic number. Why is the word net there? And the answer is, well, I was right and wrong on that one because net is implicit in the definition of magic number to me because it's done on revenue, which means it's automatically net. Right, because you, you're you're not doing it on ARR, where you're looking at new ARR versus churn ARR. You're just you're doing it on changed subscription revenue as defined. So that that is inherently net. Uh, I inverted that number incorrectly. Oh, and I think I made one other mistake, maybe that we looked at CAC payback period and we decided the thirty was really long. And I don't know if we left that one unanswered yet. I thought it was long because we were looking at a net basis, but don't you always look at CAC? No, you don't always look at CAC payback period and net basis, do you? Oh shit. We'll come back to it. No, most people don't look at it on a net basis. I'm still walking away questioning why it's 30 to 31 unless you do it on a net um, ARR growth basis. That's the only way I can get there. I think that's what's going on. So we all the audience can answer that question next week, Gray. I'll, I'll keep you honest for that. But that's what I wanted to share with the audience because my gut, I was kind of in the shower thinking about that. Don't ask me why. And I'm like, oh, I bet it's happening on a net basis, which is why it's so long. But Dave, you know what this highlights? You and I, do a lot. We, we live this every day. We do a lot of research. We talk about the script for every episode. And there's still some complexities and nuances that are just hard to catch. And that's why at the executive team, at the board meetings, you need to have these level of discussions to get alignment so that second quarter, fourth quarter, eighth quarter, that you know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Or in my opinion on that issue, you need to, I actually believe the better answer is a metrics committee where you get a small group of the willing <laughs> and they go understand it because uh, you don't want to subject the whole board necessarily to this level of detail. But usually there's a few people, the CFO, one of the independent directors uh, who, who care, maybe the, you know, the ops person who's not on the board and you get that group together to make sure they really understand what's going on. And, and then there are people on the board who can report back, hey, at this company, we had that conversation. Here's how we answered it. And if that's something that you and the listening audience are interested in and you're still listening, please contact me because I would love for you to join a working committee at the Sasmetric Standards Board. That's exactly the type of people we want, Dave. Yeah. Maybe we should do an episode on actually dealing with boards and metrics because on a lot of boards I work on, I end up suggesting a metrics committee. So different different idea. One's a standards committee for Ray's thing, and one is just should your board have a metrics committee, uh, and that, that might even be a fun episode. That's a great one, Dave. Hey, I got to run. Thank you so much, and thank you most importantly to our listening audience. Thank you, guys. Take care. SaaS Talk is a production of the Metrics Brothers Growth and CAC and a member of the Benchmarket Podcast Network. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Metrics Brothers make no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information presented or the humor content of the jokes provided. <clears throat> Ray? The information, opinions, and recommendations presented are, according to our spouses, probably wrong and provided for general information only. This podcast should not be considered professional or, for that matter, unprofessional advice. We disclaim any and all liability for any direct, indirect, undirect, misdirect, incidental, special, ordinary, consequential, inconsequential, or other damages arising out of any use of or, God help you, reliance upon the information presented here. Ray Grothreich is based in New York City and available on Twitter slash X at Ray Reich. Dave Kellogg is based in Silicon Valley and available at Kelblog. Schenectady, which is French for unspellable, is not our actual production location. You can reach us at sastalkpodcast at gmail.com. 
Thanks for listening.